You are Locked On Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Huda Nation, and welcome to the Locked On Saints podcast, your daily podcast covering the New Orleans Saints. We are brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network, where you get to hear the local experts on the biggest stories, your team, every day. I am your host, Ross Jackson, lead analyst for AllSaintsConsidered.com, and as always, I like to start off every episode with a big thank you and welcome to our newest listeners, as well as all of you who have been rocking with me since the very beginning. So whether it's your first time or your next time, know that I love hearing from everyone that tunes in, reads, and follows, so know that you can hit me up on Twitter at Ross Jackson ASC, and of course that ASC stands for AllSaintsConsidered.com, where you can find my, as well as other talented writers, articles, and podcasts, your source for up-to-the-minute Saints news, opinions, and analysis for Saints fans by Saints fans. And I got an exciting but depressing episode for you today. I'm going to start off the day with the big news regarding Marcus Davenport potentially being out for up to a month. So we're going to talk about that and how it affects Sunday's game. And then because the Saints and Rams game is so huge, I want to stick with it as we go into our Throwback Thursday segment on a very special Thursday, the 51st birthday of the New Orleans Saints. I want to look back at all of the Saints and Rams contests and chart how those went before we look at uh, what's coming up next on Sunday. And then we'll wrap everything up by taking a look at the biggest news from around the league. All that and a little bit of lanyard here on Locked on Saints. First of all, let me apologize for my voice today. I don't know if I'm getting sick or if I'm just mad tired. I know for sure I'm mad tired. I'm doing like 14, no, it's probably like 16, 17 hour days at work. And then I either come home and record this late at night or I get up mad early the next morning and record it before the big day org. So I apologize for the way I sound right now, but I appreciate y'all for hanging with me and all your support. All right. So let's talk about this Marcus Davenport injury. This has been terrible news for the Saints. This is probably the worst piece of news that we've gotten so far uh, this year in terms of a Saints injury, right? We've had some things that are ancillary to Saints players and their lives and things like that that, of course, touch us and affect us. But in terms of Saints player injuries, this has been the biggest one so far. We've sent players to IR, including Ted Ginn Jr., but this is a big one here. So, of course, Marcus Davenport, the rookie defense, or let me say rookie edge rusher because he can play anywhere, but his rookie edge rusher um, out of uh, University of Texas San Antonio drafted this year. We traded this year's first round pick well, let me say it this way, because people get mad when you say you traded two first round picks, which is actually what happened. But I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna not say it that way. So we traded next year's first round pick in order to swap first round picks with the Green Bay Packers to get into the 14th overall and then selected them. And people were criticizing the move because it was a big price to pay. You know, you did trade away next year's first round pick, regardless of how you look at it, um, in order to be able to draft this young man. And people thought that it was. A crazy move which was crazy to me because on all the mock drafts he was like in that 14 to 20 area so I couldn't understand why the same people that were mocking him to the Green Bay Packers 14th were criticizing the Saints for going and being aggressive and drafting a defensive end or drafting this edge rusher that they were already mocking in that spot while they were also saying that that was the Saints biggest need aside from back of court I don't understand but anyway 
that's neither here nor there. That just bugs me. Um, but so now, you know, he's been playing so far through this season. He was on pace to have nine over nine sacks for his rookie season, doing playing really, really well. And now last week against the Minnesota Vikings, he went for a strip sack that, you know, still counted as a sack, but the, but the, the fumble just didn't count. Uh, and in that play, he injured one of his toes and is now in a boot. And uh, they're saying that he's going to be out. It was uh, it was a report by Ian Rappaport, who yeah, hit or miss, uh, who uh, talked about how he was going to be out for at least a month. But we also know that he's going to be seeking other opinions uh, as well. But regardless, if he misses some time, he's going to end up missing this. Uh, if he misses any time at all, it means he misses this Rams game. And this Rams game is the one that, you know, people are looking at. They've had circled on their schedule for quite a while, circled on their calendar for quite a while. And uh, this is a big game for him to be able to participate in. Now, do I think that Marcus Davenport's presence is either going to win or lose this game for the Saints? No, I think it comes down to the offense for the most part anyway. But in terms of generating pass rush on Jared Goff, that's going to be a huge, huge piece of the defense assisting in winning this game, you know, helping us get this win. So uh, Marcus Davenport, who has uh, 14 total pressures so far in the season, four sacks, three quarterback hits, and has also compiled seven hurries in that time, uh, has taken only 146 total pass rushing snaps, okay? So in that time, 146 pass rushing snaps, he's gathered 14 uh, total pressures. So he's getting a pressure every 10.4 uh, snaps, essentially. For reference there, uh, Cam Jordan, who of course is one of the best pass rushers in the league, uh, has 274 pass rushing snaps and 29 total pressures. That's every 9.4 plays. So Marcus Davenport is essentially generating pressure at just about the same rate as Cameron Jordan, just one play more is all. Um, and he's got, you know, one fewer sack than Cam Jordan right now. He's sitting at four. Sheldon Rankins is sitting at four. Alex Okafor sitting at two. Demario Davis has two that he got both in the same game. And you've got a couple of sprinklings of one. Actually, no, there's only one other, which, yeah, there's a couple sprinklings of one. And then um, Cam Jordan, who's sitting on five right now. So Marcus Davenport has been a huge part of the pass rush so far this season. And the pass rush is going to be very important against Los Angeles, who doesn't really give up a lot of pressure. They've only given up 73 pressures so far this season. There are a lot of teams that are already in the 90 to 100 um, portion, like part of that, especially the New York Giants that are in like the 150s or something like that. Uh, so the, the Rams toward the lower end of the spectrum, the Saints for reference have only given up, I think it was 53 pressures so far this year. So they're playing very well in the offensive line. So Rams so far, 73 pressures allowed, 18 sacks allowed by the uh, allowed by the offensive line or allowed by but you know sometimes blitzes come free and stuff like that and so those sacks don't get credited so just look at Jared Goff Jared Goff has been sacked 18 times so far this season and he's had about eight 85 pass rushes under snap so that's a better way to look at it uh, and this is all pro football focus I'm not looking at grades I'm just looking at stats uh, so he's been pressured 85 times and right now getting pressure on Jared Goff actually really affects him uh, in a negative way or a positive way uh, for the Saints. So in the 85 times that he's been pressured, he's had he's been sacked 18 times. Uh, for reference, Drew Brees has only been sacked nine times. Um, his completion to attempts, so he's got 29 completions on 62 attempts uh, with 12 throwaways. So he's 
his completion percentage drops big time to 46.8% when under pressure. However, he's thrown three touchdowns for 452 yards while under pressure, uh, which probably just has to do with people being left open, you know, blitzing more people than you have to cover, things like that. Uh, But he's also thrown two of his interceptions in that time as well. So blitzing and getting after getting pressure on Jared Goff seems to be effective. And I mean, I guess you could expect that regardless, but just in particular, I mean, dropping his uh, his passing completion percentage all the way down to the 40%, you know, 46% mark when he usually passes at 67.6% is outstanding. And then two of his five interceptions have come from being under pressure. Three of his 17 touchdowns, he also threw all under pressure. So um, it's it's going to be big to make sure that however it is that the Saints decide to fill fill the space with Marcus Davenport if he does miss this game, which he's more than likely going to miss this game. There is a question of how long he will miss because he is seeking other opinions, but they're saying about a month uh, and then he can be reevaluated then, but he's still, you know, looking for other opinions. And he, even he himself hasn't given up hope on playing this weekend, which you gotta love the drive for the young man, like I tweeted out. But as of right now, the options are essentially the biggest option, easiest option is to let Trey Hendrickson be active on game day and then put him in. If you want to find out more information about the comparison between Trey Hendrickson and Marcus Davenport, and if you're an athletic subscriber, go and check out Deuce Wyndham's article that talks all about it and breaks it down. Uh, I'll talk a little bit more about it tomorrow, but if you want to go ahead and get a good read on, because I'm not going to spoil the whole thing, but if you want to go ahead and get a good read on, go ahead and check out his article over at The Athletic for right now. But that's the big news right now. Marcus Davenport out for about a month. We'll see what happens. We'll keep an eye on it. And of course, you'll always be up to date as long as you're listening here every day, Monday through Friday on Locked on Saints. Coming up next, we will talk about the Saints and Rams contest over the history of the Saints 51 years. And then of course, we'll also talk about the biggest news from around the league. All that coming up. Is your company looking for a new way to reach new customers? Well, your company can be mentioned right here at the Locked on Saints podcast, and it just got easier. Just shoot me an email over at rossjacksonasc at gmail.com, and I'll tell you all about our second half of the season pricing. So just shoot me an email, rossjacksonasc at gmail.com, and I'll give you all of the information that you need to reach brand new customers. Have I ever told y'all how much I love Swap.com? I don't think I have. Let me tell y'all about it. Swap.com is the world's largest online consignment and thrift store. Online consignment and thrift store. You heard it. You heard me say it right. Stop driving to like store after store after store and sifting through racks after racks after racks. Easily sift through millions of clothes in seconds on swap.com with their easy to use filters to help you find exactly what it is that you're looking for. Isn't it crazy how much we pay for new brand name clothes? You don't have to worry about it because with swap.com, you can save up to 90% off of retail prices of your favorite brands like Lululemon, Carter's, Nike, J. Crew, Gap, whatever it is that you're looking for, you'll probably find it on Swap.com. And while you're there, you can also help save the world too. I'm not kidding. Over 14 million tons of textiles are wasted each year. Shopping secondhand at Swap.com helps to prevent textile waste from polluting the environment, which is something that you get to feel good about. These are quality, hand-inspected items that are added every single day. And if something doesn't fit, don't worry because you can enjoy easy, hassle-free returns within 30 days. So this is a special offer for you. Get 35% off of select items on your first order on swap.com with promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D, 
S-W-A-P-P-O-N. Plus, you'll be able to find new deals every day on Swap.com's homepage. So once again, promo code LOCKEDON will get you 35% off of select items on your first order with Swap.com, the place you can go to shop good, look good, feel good, and do good. All right, family, welcome back. Uh, coming up next, we're going to be talking about the biggest stories from around the league. But first, in honor of the Saints' 51st birthday, I wanted to look back, back, back in time for a little bit. And I wanted to take a look specifically at the Saints and Rams um, just sort of... They have a long life together. Let me say it that way. They, they, they've had a very long life together. And, you know, just like the Rams have traveled kind of all over the place in Los Angeles and they were playing at the Coliseum and even still while they were in Los Angeles, they were moved to Anaheim. They played in Anaheim for a bit. Then they moved to St. Louis and back to Los Angeles. So even though even while they've had their craziness of moving all over the place and everything, the Saints have been sort of right along the ride with them for the most part. And what I mean by that is that, look, the Saints and the Rams played their first game during the Saints' very first season. That ended up being a loss, 13-27. to That was back in the day that was part of the uh, fearsome foursome, Rosie Greer, Merlin Olsen, Deacon Jones, Lamar Lundley. That was like right in the prime of those four years in which those four players were together before they, you know, before people started going their own separate ways in 69. But yeah, they have been playing since 1967. They've had 73 games against one another so far uh, in that span, including a game last year and right now the saints are actually behind in that series 32 to 41 no ties that's a win percentage of 43 i'm sorry uh yeah 43.8 uh, so not a great bit of results from them but remember these are teams that actually used to be in the same division beginning in 1970 when the nfc west was a thing uh the saints and rams used to play twice a year and they would play against each other <laughs> just constantly and of course you know this is when you know they were in the same division atlanta was in the same division san francisco was in the same division you know it was it was it was a bigger league back then um and so this is a much much bigger sort of uh, uh th there's there's a bigger relationship between these two teams than i think that people give them credit i mean that, that i think that people realize in 1995 when the uh, when the Rams moved to St. Louis, the Saints only played for twice a year following that up until the 2001 season. After the 2001 season, it, we expanded again. Uh, I think that it was that was when Houston was was given the Texans. And then so then the NFC South became a thing versus the NFC West. And then so we split the teams up some more. And then since then, the Saints and Rams have only played nine times since the expansion. So in that time, the Saints have only won four games. So they're four and five against the Rams. In the Drew Brees era, which began in 2006, the Saints have only won three times and lost four. So no matter how many ways you try to like dice this up, the Saints have a losing record against the Rams for the most part that's <laughs> the Saints haven't haven't had very much luck against the Rams however a lot of that has to do like when you look more recently it has to do with some really hard-fought battles I mean last year's game against uh, against the Rams even though it was a loss at the Coliseum was still a very good game for the Saints uh, that was the first loss after the Saints eight game win streak it was an away game against the Rams they lost 20 to 26 but still, in that time, Alvin Kamara had a crazy game. Uh, he had a 74-yard rushing touchdown. He hurdled several players. He had 87 yards rushing, 101 yards receiving. Um, it, it was it was a very good game for the young rookie and sort of started to pave his way, started to really, really sort of set in stone his 
just trajectory straight to the um, offensive rookie of the year. And that was a big game for him. But, you know, you can look back two games ago, and then the last game at home in the Dome was a 49-21 to victory. This was when Jeff Fisher was still the coach, and this was against a Los Angeles Rams defensive team that was coordinated by ye old Greg uh, Greg Williams, who is now the interim head coach of the Cleveland Browns in the most Browns move ever. Um, and so when you look at Drew Brees' stats from that game, he ended up throwing 28 for 36, 310 yards and four touchdowns. He also ran for a one-yard touchdown or was responsible for a one-yard rushing touchdown, had a passer rating in that game of 139.6, which was only bested by Willie Sneed's passer rating of 158.3 when he threw one pass for 50 yards and a touchdown to Tim Hightower, who also added 51 yards on the ground. Mark Ingram had a huge game that game as well, 146 yards on the ground and a touchdown with 21 receiving yards and a touchdown as well. So, I mean, look, these games are explosive. They could go either way. And I think that this season in particular has the potential for it to be another explosive game. I don't think that it would be that it's going to be a blowout 49 to 21 style. But I do absolutely think that this is going to be a shootout and it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. When you look at the, the Rams offense from last year, Jared Goff, who did throw an interception in that game, also threw two touchdowns for 350, uh, including 354 yards. Uh, Cooper Cup was the uh, leading receiver with 116 yards, no touchdowns, but he did have eight catches. Todd Gurley had 74 yard rushing yards on the ground, 54 yards receiving. So he went over 100 yard, 100 total yards in that game. And that was without Robert Woods. And that was without the addition this year of Brandon Cooks. So far this year, the Saints haven't allowed a 100 yard rusher. I don't, Todd Gurley has the ability to be that person. Uh, but the Saints rushing def, I mean, sorry, run defense in particular has been outstanding. Uh, the Saints passing defense has been lackluster, but have been adding pieces and making moves to try to improve that as best as possible. And so this one is shaping up to be a really great game, especially if the Saints defense has the ability to, to sort of kind of stand itself up passing defense in particular stand itself up and uh you know help this team win this game otherwise it's going to be a shootout and it's going to be a lot of fun to watch and again just like i said in a crossover wednesday episode with bear if we've got a shootout i'm taking sean payton and drew Brees. all right stick around because coming up next we're going to talk about some of the biggest stories from around the league all right, Huda Nation, welcome back. I'm going to talk to you about the biggest stories from around the league today, but unsurprisingly, I'm going to keep this focus on trades. I'm going to keep us talking about the trade deadline and, and the moves that were made there so far. So let's talk about that. So first of all, let's start with um, HaHa Clinton Dix being traded to Washington. I think that this is a great move by Washington to help shore up a uh, passing defense that started off looking pretty good at the beginning of the year, but then just kind of hasn't been able to maintain itself throughout um, sort of throughout these uh, the, the, these later games. Um, and right now, look, the NFC East is up for grabs right now. There's nobody there that's really set to claim it. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles are kind of the heir apparent, if you will, but that's not really enough. Uh, when it comes to winning these, when it comes to winning these divisions, there's not really, you know, Super Bowl, um, Super Bowl hangover type situations and stuff like that always sort of factor in. And then you never really know what you're going to get out of the team the next year, but them trading, I'm sorry, but them trading for HaHa Clinton Dix is just a good move. I mean, look, he's he's a great player. Uh, he is a good dude. The first thing he did on Twitter was that he reached out and said thank you to everybody in uh, to his to the fans in 
uh, Green Bay and everything the moment that he found out that he was traded and everything. And so this is great. So they send a fourth round pick to Green Bay uh, to swing him over and to get a new safety and a new weapon in the box because, you know, Ha Ha Clinton Dix is way more than just play that deep safety role. He can also play in the box. Um, he's, he's a great very flexible piece to add to uh, the Washington defense. So now let's go to the next trade here. I'm going to go with Demario Davis. Uh, I'm sorry, Demarius Thomas. Demario Davis is on our team. He ain't going nowhere. Uh, Demarius Thomas getting traded to Houston. Houston, of course, just lost um, Will Fuller for the season. And look, Deshaun, Deshaun Watson is on a roll. DeAndre Hopkins is playing like crazy. Lamar Miller is getting his game on. So bringing Demarius Thomas uh, into uh, Washington is a huge move for them in order to make sure that they're able to continue keeping their offense dynamic without having to rely on only two players. They also only give up a fourth round pick as well as a seventh round pick. And then, of course, the Packers trade Ty Montgomery to the Ravens, which I think is sheer desperation by the Ravens to try to get a uh, a running game going, which they've been lacking so far this season. Um, and then the big, one of the big moves, I'm going to go with, let's go with this one next. One of the big moves, um, the Rams add pass rusher Dante Fowler to their already star-studded defense. This gives them six, I think it's six first-round picks on um, on their defense so far this year or uh, something like that. It, it, it's crazy. Um, oh, seven. It's got, they've got seven former first-round picks on this it, and it's just nuts like the, the the type of personnel that they have on this team and good for them for continuing to build because of course like the saints just like cam jordan said want all that smoke and so bring it bring bring everybody that you have so in exchange the jacksonville jaguars get in return a third round pick uh, in 2019 as well as a 2020 fifth round pick uh for the young pass rusher who was a former first round pick and then finally probably the biggest move in trade so far this week or before right before the trade deadline was the philadelphia eagles obtaining wide receiver golden tape from the lions in exchange for a third round pick philadelphia eagles also in that nfc east that's wide open and they're trying to make sure that they make their late push to claim the title over there and to claim that that division and I think that they just put themselves in great position giving Carson Wentz another weapon that's not a deep threat but he's the kind of guy that you can put the ball you can put the ball on his hands five yards down the field and then end up with a 55 yard touchdown he's an incredible talent and I think that you know a third round pick just shows exactly how much of a talent he is uh I, there's nobody that you're gonna get for a third round pick in the draft this year that's going to be as good as Golden Tate already is. So um, great moves all around, uh, the, except for that Ravens move. I wasn't a fan of that one. But great moves all around. People just doing what teams doing what they got to do to make sure that they get the players that they need to fill holes that they need to fill before they push for the playoffs and make a final push in particular. And so especially with the NFC being as stacked as it is, it's not it's unsurprising to me to see NFC teams making so many moves to improve their teams. And then, of course, like I mentioned, the NFC East in particular, which is wide open. So, all right, everybody, that's going to do it for me today in this episode of Locked On Saints. Make sure that you come back tomorrow as I preview this Los Angeles Rams at New Orleans Saints game in the Dome at home. We're also going to be taking some of our comments and sharing them from the Reddit post as well, especially with our Eye on the Enemy segment where I'm going to hit up the Rams subreddit. So I'm going to be putting those questions up later on today. Make sure you hit up the subreddit so that you can find those. Thanks, everybody, for coming through. Once again, I am Ross Jackson. You can find me on Twitter at Ross Jackson ASC. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how your mom and them. Find Locked on Saints on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify. 
Spotify, wherever it is that you find your podcast. Just be sure to subscribe so that you know when the newest episodes drop every Monday through Friday. Thank you so much for all your support. I see it all pouring through. Thanks so much for helping me grow this family. This has been Locked on Saints and Trust Who That Nation. I'll holla at you. everyone, Jake Madison here, host of the Locked On Pelicans podcast. Basketball season is upon us and big things are in store for the Pelicans after making the playoffs last year. Keep up with everything going on around Anthony Davis, Drew Holiday, and the rest of the team with the daily Locked On Pelicans podcast, wherever you get your podcast from. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the new Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24.